25 verses 1 to 6 from the Scottish Psalter. O come, let us sing to the Lord, come, let us everyone a joyful noise make to the rock of our salvation. Let us before his presence come with praise and thankful voice. Let us sing psalms to him with grace and make a joyful noise. For God, a great God and great King, above all gods he is. Depths of the earth are in his hand, the strength of hills is his. To him the spacious sea belongs, for he the same did make. The dry land also from his hands its form at first did take. O come and let us worship him, let us bow down with all. And on our knees before the Lord, our Maker, let us fall. Verses 1 to 6, Psalm 95. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Prayer. 
Lord, as we gather before you this evening, we pray for grace that we may worship you in a right way. We give thanks for this opportunity of offering praise and thanksgiving to you. Indeed, we have been created to praise. And glory is the, the world of eternal praise. And when you put a new song in our mouth here, it is the beginning of that praise that will go on forever and ever. And so we pray, O Lord, that our hearts might be stirred up to offer that praise to you. We give thanks for the song that we just sang just now. We give thanks, Lord, for, for the way we sang it, the heartiness of it. And that is how it should always be when we seek to praise and magnify our Lord. Because you are worthy of all praise and honor and glory. <clears throat> we pray that it might be an integral part of our lives day in, day out. Because there is always a reason to praise Thee. Even when things might be difficult in our own lives and uh, when we might be facing heartache and pain and sorrow and difficulties, while these things in and of themselves are hard and there's nothing praiseworthy in these things, You are always worthy of praise. And so we pray that whatever our situation, we may lift up our hearts to You and that we might acknowledge you as God of heaven and earth, and that we might praise you with all our heart, <clears throat> and uh, that we will give this sense of adoration and commitment that we belong to you. We give thanks for all your wonderful promises that are in the word, and we pray that we might have this spirit of thanksgiving about us at all times, that we might, be rem- that we might remember that you have been gracious to us, And that you have dealt with us not according to our deserving. You have dealt with us by your steadfast love. You have dealt with us in ways that are often beyond our understanding or comprehension. But we give thanks, Lord, for your patience with us. Because uh, there are so many times it would have been right for you to cast us off. But you've stuck with us. Your love is unchanging because you are unchanging in your nature. And so we give thanks tonight for that unchanging love. And we give thanks, Lord, for the way that you draw us to yourself, that you give us a heart for yourself. We have to confess, Lord, there was a day when we didn't have that. And uh, even if there was a sense of uh, maybe of ascribing something to you, we didn't understand, we weren't aware We were too caught up with ourselves, but when you set your love upon us, that changed. And we began to see things in a different way. And so we give thanks, Lord, for delivering us from a fearful pit and miry clay and setting our feet upon a rock, establishing our way and putting a new song in our mouth. And we pray that we will continue to sing that new song every day and every night and that you'll help us as we journey through this world. Bless this congregation, we pray. Bless our homes, our families, and all whom we love. We pray to bless all who serve you. We pray for all the office bearers. We pray for all those who work in so many ways behind the scene. Uh, We pray, Lord, for our church officer. We pray for cleaners. We pray, Lord, for those who work with the the young people. Lord, we give thanks for them. Uh, We remember the 55 Uh, plus fellowship as well. We remember, O Lord, all our young people as they grew up in a very challenging and a very difficult 
day we pray, Lord, to protect them and to keep them. Grant wisdom to parents and wisdom to leaders who are teaching them in the right way. What a wonderful opportunity that is given. And we pray that the seed that is sown in the early days of their life may indeed bear fruit, that you will keep them from the evil that abounds in this world, the temptations which are many, and uh, that you will watch over them. Lord our God, we pray for those who uh, love you and serve you in places of influence and prominence uh, throughout our communities and indeed throughout our land. We give thanks, Lord, for every voice that is raised uh, on your behalf and for every testimony that is born speaking of you. We give thanks, Lord, for the wonderful way that the gospel is spread. And so often we don't hear about it. Every so often we get little glimpses that even in this country of ours, when so often we see it as simply as in darkness, yet so often there are pockets here and there are pockets there and where maybe the media doesn't in any way reflect maybe how many actually are seeking you and how many have a desire or a heart for you. O oh Lord, grant us your grace and as we wait upon you. Help us, Lord, to grow more like you day by day. Forgive us for what we are in and of ourselves. Forgive us, Lord, for the sympathy that we have with sin. Forgive us, Lord, for maybe how unkind we can be to one another by our actions and by our words. Lord, we pray that we may have a heart for one another that the love of Jesus Christ may be evident in our lives, that we may care for one another. So often it's said of Jesus that he was moved with compassion. We, we pray that we might have something of our Saviour's compassion in this world that we live in where it is difficult. Lord, we pray as we face challenges with financial restraints and with the cost of living crisis, we ask, Lord, that you will help and that you will grant wisdom to those who lead us, those in, in authority over us. We are commanded to pray for kings and for those in authority over us. It. It, it is our duty, and so we pray for our king, for the royal family. We pray for those who lead us in Westminster and Holyrood and locally here in the council. Lord, grant them wisdom from above. And even for those who don't look to you, we pray that you will move them in the right way, because the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And he will move it in, in whichever way he pleases. Because it is yours to do according to your will with the armies of heaven and with the inhabitants of the earth. It is up to you, Lord, to raise one up and to cast another down. You are the God who can change the times and the seasons. Help us, Lord, to have an insight and a sense of who you are in our life. May our focus always be upon you. And so we give thanks then for this evening as we seek to individually and personally and collectively give thanks to you for all that you do for us. You do so much. We have so much to be thankful for. We give thanks for the community that we live in, the community that we were brought up in. We give thanks, Lord, for, although it's not as it was, there is still gospel influence here. We give thanks and we pray that it might always be so. Pray to encourage the ministers here. We pray for... Uh, Mr. McKeever and Mr. Smith, Lord, we pray to bless them and wives and families, Lord, we commit to your care and keeping. Uh, we give thanks, Lord, for bringing uh, Calamardo here and Joanne, Lord, we pray that you'll bless them. Watch over us now, we pray, and 
As you brought them here, we pray for the congregation of North Uist. O oh Lord, we ask that it might please you to direct them in a way where you will lead a pastor to them, uh, because uh, their their loss is great, whereas so of, as so often happens, when one moves, then although we are pleased, yet it leaves a congregation empty. So we pray for them. Watch over us, we pray, and do us good, cleansing us from our every sin, in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm. We're going to sing again. Is it 23 or 139? Yeah. 139. We're going to sing in Psalm 139a and sing Psalms, Psalm 139a, verses 13 to 16. Psalm 139a and sing Psalms. And we're going to sing from verse 13 to verse 16. For you, O Lord, created me. You wove me on your loom. My inmost being you have formed within my mother's womb. Because I'm wonderfully made with all your praise I'll tell. Your workmanship is marvelous, and this I know full well. When in the secret place my frame was made before my birth, You saw my body yet unformed within the depths of earth, and all the days that I should live, which you ordained for me, were written in your book, O Lord, before they came to be. Verses 13 to 16 of Psalm 139a, that's on page 181. For you, O Lord, created me.
going to read now in the book of Psalms, two Psalms, first of all in Psalm 145 and then in Psalm 100. First of all, in the book of Psalms, in Psalm 145. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power, to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Then we turn to Psalm 100. And we're going to look at this psalm after we sing, Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Amen, and may God bless to us these readings of his holy word. We're going to sing again in Psalm 23. This is in Sing Psalm, Psalm 23, the whole psalm. Page 28 in the psalm book, Psalm 23. 
The Lord is my shepherd, no want shall I know. He makes me lie down where the green pastures grow. He leads me to rest where the calm waters flow. My wandering steps he brings back to his way, in straight paths of righteousness making me stay. And this he has done his great name to display. Though I walk in death's valley where darkness is near, because you are with me no evil I'll fear. Your rod and your staff bring me comfort and cheer. In the sight of my enemies a table you spread, the oil of rejoicing you pour on my head. My cup overflows and I'm graciously fed. So surely your covenant mercy and grace will follow me closely in all of my ways. I will dwell in the house of the Lord all my days. The whole psalm, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd.
turn again to our second reading, Psalm 100. Just reflect for a little on this psalm. Just read at the beginning, I won't read the whole psalm again. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing, and so on. Now we know that thanksgiving is an essential part of life. Uh, People who don't give thanks, just even in a general way, just in life in itself, are by and large, I would say, fairly unhappy people. Uh, Because giving thanks is something that really is spontaneous from a heart uh, that appreciates and a heart that uh, responds to life in general. So if you find somebody who is incapable or rarely gives thanks, you say to yourself, well, there's something wrong with this person. It would almost look like this person is fairly unhappy. And certainly for a Christian, not to be giving thanks is almost a contradiction because it's part and partial of our Christian life. And you cannot read the scriptures, you can't, particularly you can't go through the Psalms without being made aware of thanksgiving and praise really being at the very heart. It's at the very heart of the Psalter. And so it would be very difficult for a Christian uh, to be somebody who is not a person who is given to praise and given to thanksgiving. Of course, our time of thanksgiving is a very important part of our Christian calendar. It has been for years and years. We used to call it the harvest thanksgiving. And rightly so, because I suppose... Back in the day, most people were involved at one level or another, with uh, even if it was only a a few uh, crops and of uh, whether it was hay or barley or whatever. But most people had something, or planted something, or grew something, and so the harvest thanksgiving was a very, very important part because there was an acknowledging that God is the God of the seasons. God said that there would always be seed time and harvest time. And so it is important that we do give God the thanks that is due to his name. Uh, because we know that he is ultimately the, the God of the seasons. Uh, so thanksgiving, and it's right that we always have this period of thanksgiving uh, every year. Now, this psalm, as we see, Psalm 100, is a psalm that's bursting with praise and thanksgiving. And in a sense, it's almost fitting that it's Psalm 100, because 100, in a sense, is a standout number. Whenever you get a 100, it's always something that stops you, like, for instance, in cricket. And they talk about somebody getting a century of runs, and they, they count out how many centuries he made, or... Uh, we, we, when somebody reaches a hundred years of age, it's a landmark time. And uh, there's, well, it was up until very recently, a, a card with a message came from the Queen. Now it is, it is the King. So a hundred is always recognized. Uh, when you go through the Bible, you will often see hundred as a very special number. And it's only fitting that Psalm 100 is this psalm that is just filled, it's bursting with praise and thanksgiving to God. And we find the, the title, if you have it's an ESV, you have it says at the, start, at the top of it, his steadfast love endures forever. And what a wonderful thought that is. God's steadfast love 
endures forever. And even if there was no other statement made other than the title that we have over that, that would be a reason itself for praise and thanksgiving tonight. But then we see below that, it says, a psalm for giving thanks. So that's what what this uh, particular psalm is here tonight. And it begins by showing us Uh, ways of being thankful to the Lord. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, serve the Lord with gladness, and come into his presence with singing. So to make a joyful noise. In a sense, this is making a a public confession. It's almost like a royal fanfare. It's a declaration before God that he is God of heaven and earth, and uh, that he is worthy of honor and praise and glory. In fact, you'll often find in the Psalms there's a, a cry, a call for us to, to worship God making a noise. Now the singing, to, singing tonight was, was really beautiful. Uh, and uh, so it should be. Because we're, it's, it's God we're praising. And I know that everybody hasn't been blessed with the, the best voice. Uh, with, some people have been blessed with great voices. Other people haven't. Uh, I know some people, and they long to get to glory. Uh, one man in particular, very much used by the Lord, uh, was the late Kenny MacDonald, and he couldn't sing at all. And he would say, you know, this, I can't wait to get to glory, where I'll be able to, to express, to praise God, because it's something I can't do here. I haven't, just don't have a singing voice. Uh, so, but we can still do it with our heart, and we do praise God with our heart as well, even if we can't. But... So often in in the Bible it talks about giving visible and audible expression to God. For instance, in Psalm 47, it says, Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with with loud songs. Now, I know our culture is different. I'm sure we would get a shock if we started actually doing that just now and making these shouts and clap. But the idea we find so often in Scripture is, that God is somebody who is worthy of praise and honor. And when you look around in this world and you see so many people who are calling out their rights and people who are shouting about this and shouting about that, they do shout. They do make a noise. And so often the church is just its a, almost like a wee whisper. You look at football matches and the singing and terracing and the shouting. And yet... And so often when we maybe come to worship God, it might only be a whisper or a, a, a poor sound. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not saying that's how, how it is here, but it can be. And uh, as I say, I, I thank the Lord tonight for the, 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 lovely, the lovely singing. So it's important, make a joyful noise to the, to the Lord, all the earth. And then, it, it says in verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. And you know, this is the most incredible privilege that you and I have been given because all of us in here tonight, if you love the Lord, you are in service to the Lord. And the Lord will always give you something to do. And sometimes we need a little bit of pushing into that service, but we should all be involved in serving the Lord. And here he is, the creator of heaven and earth, And he has us as his servants here in this world. Because you think about it, the Lord Lord doesn't send angels down from heaven to preach. 
or to lead the singing or to open churches or to do the Sunday school or to teach people or to witness or to help or to be missionaries. It's not angels, he's saying. It's us. He uses us. And so we've always got to remember that the witnessing, the telling of pe- to, or the telling people about Jesus Christ, it's our responsibility, it's our duty, it's our uh, work to serve. And so we, we're told here that we are to serve the Lord uh, with, what it says, serve the Lord with gladness. And so when we come into service with the Lord, <clears throat> when we come to serve, when we come to worship the Lord, we need to have gladness in our heart. And I think there's quite a responsibility upon us because sometimes we can come into church going through all kinds of... We can come in with, and we do, with all our issues, with all our baggage, with all that's been going on throughout the day or throughout the week. And that's important as well, that we come with these things and bring them before the Lord. But there comes a specific time when our focus is upon the Lord. And we must put aside all these other things and focus upon him and give him this worship and this service that is due to his name. But whatever we're doing for the Lord, make sure that we do our service with gladness. Because the Lord sees our attitude. He sees how we serve him. He sees the spirit that we have in our service. He sees whether we do it willingly or grudgingly whether we do it gladly or whether it's just a burden to us. You know, if, if you're out for a meal and the waiter or waitress is sort of really grumpy and kind of throwing the food at you, I don't mean like throwing the food, but throwing the plates down, and it's like everything is a, it's a burden and you, just, you can see this person just does not want to be here. And their whole demeanor and everything about it is just, in fact, it, it spoils a meal. Because the actual service that you can, that you can get can either be a, an uplifting experience or else it can put you down. And how much more with regard to our service to the King of Glory? Because we're serving every single Christian, all of you, you're serving the Lord wherever he has put you. And whether it's in a big thing or in a little thing, you're still serving. So you make sure that your service is done with gladness. Because that's what, that is, that's what is required of, it, of us, that, is, that our heart is in it. And that we are to come into his presence with singing. And again, this, this involves like a, our whole being. Where we're, giving, we're, we're giving to the Lord a sense of our adoration to him of we're paying as it were like homage to him and as we go back to to verse one where it says make a joyful noise to the lord we're saying all people you know how it goes in the psalm the metrics are all people that on earth do dwell sing to the lord with cheerful voice it's like it's like the whole world is they're making a claim on who god is and so we have to we have to give voice in our praise. And then verse 3 it says, Know that the Lord, he is God. Yes, we give thanks and we do so joyfully, but we also do it intelligently. In other words, 
we know who we're, who we're singing to. We know who we're praising. We know who we're giving thanks to. We're not doing this kind of blindly. We, we know who this God is. And tonight we give him thanks. We give him thanks for who he is in himself. For his glory, his majesty, his authority, his dominion, his rule, his government. We give thanks to God for all that he is in himself and all that he's done for us. For answering our prayers. For his grace, for his mercy, for his pardon, his forgiveness, his peace, his love, his joy. Just so much that he gives us. And so, when we, when we come worshipping the Lord, that's what it says. We know the Lord. We know who we're worshipping. Many don't worship God because they don't know. I'm sure many people wonder, why are, they going, why are they going to church during the week? What's it all about? Well, if they knew God, they would join us. But it's because they don't know. They don't know who God is. They've never come to to grasp who he is. If they did, if they had the same understanding and knowledge of who God is, then it would be different. They would, they would join with us. And that's what, what we do. We worship a God we know. Remember how Paul in Athens, he came across people who were worshipping the unknown God. Well, none of us tonight are worshipping the unknown God. We know who we worship. And then it says... Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. Now I say a term that uh, we are the work of his hands. And when you think about it, the awesome skill and the intricate uh, minuteness that went into the creation of us. When you think that from the dust of the ground that God took and he made, he made, he formed. When you think of the skeletal structure that we are, and we think of all the, 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 the different, the, whether it, it, it's the respiratory system or the pulmonary system or the reproductive system or the nervous system and all the joints and all the tendons and all the muscles and this awesome brain, which is just beyond any mind, the comprehension... To comprehend just what it is. And it's from the dust of the ground. When you think of the wisdom and the planning. And the power that went in to the creation. And then in the creating of the woman from the man. Taking the rib and built and fashioned and shaped and brought together. And that's, that, that's what, it, what it's telling us here. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, and we are his. And it's little wonder that the psalmist was saying we are fearfully and wonderfully made. But as we know, tragically, despite the wonder of what God did, it wasn't enough. Remember how Adam and Eve, had, what God did for them, what God made them, what God provided for them, it still wasn't enough. They wanted more. And it's still the same today. And we know the result of where everything beautiful that was made was smashed. Not only did God make us brilliantly physically and mentally, but he also 
morally and spiritually in knowledge, righteousness and holiness and bang, the fall shattered everything. Not only ourselves, but the whole creation. The whole creation's groaning, everything. That's why there's tsunamis and earthquakes and floods and droughts and everything. The fall impacted everything altogether. But you know, God didn't give up on us. God came after us. And right from the very dawn of history, we find God's promises running right through the word. Because God had a purpose in all that he did. And his love, his patience, his foreknowledge, he worked it all. And so we are his twice over. We were his, first of all, in the original creation. And then we are his again through Jesus Christ, because Jesus is termed the Redeemer. And a Redeemer's work is to buy back what once belonged. That's what Jesus has done. He has bought us back to God. Bought us and brought us. Paid the price and brought us back to God. So we are his. So here's, here's a great cause for, for thanksgiving. Here's this love that absolutely refused to give up. So we are his. It is, a, it is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You know, it's one of the great themes of the Bible is that we are God's sheep. Right throughout the Old Testament, God was termed Israel's shepherd. In the New Testament, Jesus is termed the good shepherd, the great shepherd, and the chief shepherd. And he is the shepherd who cares and tends and looks after and provides. The shepherd who's never lost a sheep or a lamb ever. And so we are his people. Now, I think maybe we've said this before, but in... In the parts where we belong, with the parts where we live so often, maybe with more and more people moving in from, uh, from out with, but it used to be such that when you would meet somebody, maybe for the first time, people would ask, uh, who are your people? I'm sure that question has been asked of you throughout your life at some time. Who are your people? When somebody's trying to work out who you are, now who are your people? And rightly or wrongly, when they maybe work out who your people are, they make a judgment of, an assessment of who you are, whether it's a right assessment or a wrong assessment, but your people come into play as they look at you. And we can apply that spiritually as well, because we are God's people. We belong to God. And you know how it, the characteristics and mannerisms run through families. You see it in people. Quite often we say, oh, it's in their people. Whether it might be a wit, it might be uh, people who are really clever, traits of character, oh, it's in the people. We often say that. Well, we apply that spiritually. And it should be true of every Christian. It's in the people. What's in the people? Christ-likeness. We should be resembling Jesus more and more every year. Because he is our saviour. He is our shepherd. He is at work within us. He's moulding us and he's shaping us and he's changing us. 
every day, every week, every month, every year, so that we become more and more like him. And that's, that's uh, what the Lord is doing. And although, this is the wonderful thing, it says, we are his people. You know, God has made everything in this world. We're told that, that everything that was made was made by him. But out of everything in the whole wide world, and everyone in the whole wide world, there is only one group that he has a special claim upon. And that's you and me, his people. Out of everything in the world. He doesn't say that about anything else. His people are his portion. Nothing else. At the end of the day, nothing else counts. This is all that counts. That's not a reason for pride. It's not a reason for taking any glory to ourselves. In fact, it's the very opposite. That should be the most humbling thing, and yet which should fire us up with a great sense of thanksgiving and awe and wonder that the God of heaven and earth has set his love upon you and me out of all the people of the world, and you are his special people, his special portion. And he takes glory to his own name in you. It's a humbling, it's an, an, an ex, quite an extraordinary thing. And then it says here, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. The sheep of his pasture. And that's what we sang there in Psalm 23, that uh, how the, we, we lie down in green pastures. And you and I know... <clears throat> that there are certain times the sheep will not lie down. Sheep won't lie down if they're scared, if they're afraid. Sheep won't lie down if they're hungry. You can't get a hungry sheep to lie down. And you know, if you want to see this picture of contentment that Psalm 23 paints for us, and it's such a beautiful picture of the sheep by the still water in the green pasture, it's a picture of absolute contentment that only well-watered, well-fed sheep will give you. And that's what, the, what it's talking about here. It's his pasture. He has provided for us this pasture land. And where is it? Well, it's here. His word. It's here where we come together. And that's why God's house is a special place. Because God meets with us and he gives us of his food. And remember this, the world has not one thing for your soul. Nothing. Zero. You will never get anything in this world that will nourish or fill your soul. There's things in this world which might be good for the body and such like and good for the mind, but there's nothing for the soul. It is through the word, through the feeding, through the teaching, through the work of God's Spirit touching our hearts. And so he's given us this lavish feeding. And if we're struggling, if we're empty, if we're hungry, the fault is not with the shepherd. It's not with the pasture. Because a beautiful pasture land, it's rich, it's luscious. There's everything you could want in it. So we're hungry. Then there's something wrong with us. Not with the shepherd. Not with the, the pasture land can only be with us. So we need to ask the Lord, Lord, help me. Help me to appreciate the feeding you've given me. Help me to 
enjoy it. Help me to be nourished by it. Help me to be strengthened by it. Help me to be built up by it. Thank him for this. And then finally, just in a word, we see the invitation that is given. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. You know, there's a, it's quite wonderful. When you, when you see enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, it would bring you back into the Old Testament and to the temple and to the courts that are there and to God's house. And you know, one of the wonderful things is that when, you, when we think back, there was one special place within the temple, which was the, the most holy place or the holy of holies. It was the one place nobody could get to apart from the high priest once a year. But remember when Jesus cried out, it is finished. The veil of the temple was torn in two. And now there is immediate access into his presence. And that's where we're invited. We're invited, ushered in through, through the door, through into the presence of the king. And that's the wonder, wonder and glory of it. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Isn't that wonderful? See that word steadfast. It means that it cannot be moved. It is absolutely it's a rock of fixedness. And that's how God's love is to you. And also notice it also finishes by saying his faithfulness to all generations. Isn't that great? All generations. And you look back and you look at the faithfulness of God to Noah and to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob and to Joseph and to Moses and to David and to Daniel and to John and to Paul and so on right down to you throughout the generations. And he will continue. His faithfulness will continue throughout all generations. So tonight, may we seek to praise the Lord and give him thanks. Because sometimes, you know, we get used to it, don't we? There are times we get used to what we have. We've lost the sense of wonder that we should have. Remember how it first was when you first came to, to see the Lord, to, to appreciate what he had done? When you first took a wee taste in the pasture land? When you first laid hold upon the fact that you were his, that he had made you? The wonder of it. The newness of it. But sometimes the years cause that to fade. They shouldn't. It shouldn't. It should be the reverse. We should in fact be praising him more and more and more for what he has done for us. Let us pray. Lord our God, we, we give thanks for our time together where we were able to, to think about why we should be praising and thanking you. And there is no end for a reason to praise and thank. It's what we will be doing throughout an endless eternity. It is indeed what we see that the, 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 the saints in glory are praising the Lamb, worthy as the Lamb, to receive honor and glory and praise. And as we journey through this world, we pray, and the closer we get to the land of eternal praise, we pray that praise might become more and more part of what we're about. Bless us and we pray. Bless us, Lord, those who mourn, those who are sad. And despite the fact that we do think tonight of praise and thanksgiving, we do know, Lord, that while you require this office, us, 
You are the God who understands our weaknesses. And you are the God who is able to bind up the brokenhearted. And so we give thanks, Lord, even for that. Do us good then and take us to our home safely and cleanse us from our every sin. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. We're going to conclude singing in Psalm uh, 72. Psalm 72. There are so many uh, psalms that we could have sung in conclusion. could have sung this psalm itself, Psalm 100. But of course this is one that we're all so familiar with. It's a psalm that is absolutely bursting uh, full of praise. His name forever, from verse 17, the last three verses of Psalm 72, page 314 in the Scottish Psalter. His name forever shall endure, last like the sun it shall. Men shall be blessed in him, and blessed all nations shall him call. Now blessed be the Lord our God, the God of Israel, for he alone doth wondrous works in glory that excel. And blessed be his glorious name to all eternity. The whole earth let his glory fill. Amen. So let it be. 17 to the end, Psalm 72, his name forever. mercy and peace of God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit rest and abide upon each one of you now and forevermore. Amen.